Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hi and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws with myself, Dave Clayton, and my partner in crime, Mr Glyn Dewis. Hello mate, how you doing? I'm not too bad, how are you? I'm very good, great weekend, very good weekend. Oh, it has been a good weekend. Now this week we've got something a little bit different, we've uh, gone back to the interview format, and uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about this, I'm going to pass it over to Glyn because he's actually conducted the interview, so tell us about it a bit, Glyn. Yeah, he's conducted, that sounded really formal. I know. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the interview was with a very good friend of both, uh, you and me, Ian Munro, who's a photographer based over in Wales. Now, Ian's uh, recently come back from Florida, having been flown out there, all expenses paid for getting the uh, winning the Kelby One Galleries. We had a private viewing. Ian's work is fantastic, but his story is also brilliant. That's one of the reasons I wanted to interview him. So got with him yesterday morning at his house in Wales, sat on the floor, both of us in his front room, and just let it all spill out. So I think folks are going to really love this because... Although this is Ian's year, his name's definitely coming out there, yeah. it hasn't always been plain sailing for Ian. Do you know what I mean? So he's really honest, and I think people are really relate to that. He's got a great story, absolutely. Um, but yeah, before we get into the interview, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors, Westcott, in association with JP Distribution. We'd like to thank them for their support. And also, on the back of that, starting from next week, we actually have, from Westcott, a £50 voucher, or the equivalent in your currency. So it'll be the local equivalent of £50 and we'll be giving away one voucher every week to a listener and we'll be announcing the winner on the following week and you'll be getting that from Westcott so thank you to them Absolutely. and without further ado I'm going to throw it back over to you Glyn and uh, let's get on with it. Yeah as is normal the, the way we intro these interviews now I'm going to start off with by going Ian who are you? Who am I? Um, I'm still trying to find out to be honest with you Glyn. Um, I'm basically uh, a photographer from South Wales I'm a photographer at the moment. I've been a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> My wife will tell me that I've been a lot of things, but uh, uh, I come from a past of um, sport, bodybuilding. I love art, all things sort of uh, arty. And uh, for the last sort of 10 years, uh, I've branched out into photography. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not a full-time job for me at the moment. I'd like it to be. Right. But um, yeah, at the moment, I'm just uh, plodding on. Uh, trying to better myself, really. Okay, so we we first met. It's going back. I don't know how many years it was. It now. Yeah, uh, four. I, no, 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 more than that. It's longer than that. Six years, I think, at least. God, time flies. But we we met. I was doing a half day workshop in Bista, near where I live, and it was a half day workshop doing selections and cutouts in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. and I, we, we spoke about this yesterday. Because for the benefit of those folks listening, I'm actually in Ian's house now in South Wales. Because I came up to Wales yesterday having a good look around and uh, my, my kind of first attempt at landscape stuff, which was interesting this yeah. morning. Uh, but I'm at Ian's house. But Ian came. I remember being at that workshop and I went around asking people, you know, where you're from and all this kind of stuff. And there was a few people that had driven like 10 miles, 20 miles. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and then I said, get, get to you and go, so where have you come from, Ian? And he goes, oh, from Wales. I'm like, Okay, yeah. um, so what are you? What are you staying over? No, no, I'm going back afterwards. Yeah. It's like, my yeah. God! Yeah. But we kind of, we definitely made a connection there. Absolutely. Yeah. There's obviously the bodybuilding connection, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So that was what well, my question for you is: if because I know the kind of work you're doing now, and we'll talk a lot about that. There is pretty much five, ten minutes worth of retouching, and I would suggest because you like to yeah. get it all in camera as yes, much as you possibly, which is great. So why a selections and cutout workshop six years ago, however long it was? <laughs> Do you know what? Um, 
I think regarding things like composite images and selections, cutouts, manipulations, anything like that, I love, I love it. I just cannot do it. Uh, I cannot get it right. So um, at the time, this was the workshop that you were doing, mm. and uh, a friend of mine, he actually introduced me to you over the, the sort of, uh, over the internet and uh, just said, you know, this guy's doing some great stuff, yada, yada, yada. And uh, yeah, but I booked on because I wanted to get better at sort of selections and a bit more understanding of Photoshop. And this is something that when, when I started photography, I sort of vowed you, that, you, why, why would you need Photoshop anyway? <laughs> full stop, full stop, period, end of. And um, the, the, a friend of mine, Gary Howells, uh, he said, I will, he's been a photographer, what, 30 years? And he said, I will challenge you never to use Photoshop, even if it's for <laughs> things like color adjustment, anything, sharpening. And, I, and I, I was like, well, actually, I don't understand. Why would, you, why would you need it? And so on. Fast forward four years, and I'm at the Glindewis workshop for selections, cutouts. Oh, that was four years prior to the workshop? Yeah, yeah, pretty right, much, yeah. Okay. So uh, when I rocked up, uh, you know, and I came to the room and everything else and sat down, uh, people were sat there with a laptops, computer, and we spoke yesterday about the, 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 the one there guy. There was the guy that turned up with a 27-inch iMac. Yeah, the one guy rocks up with a 27-inch Mac under his arm. No no packaging, no nothing, just swinging it around like some sort of man bag. Uh, and I thought, what, what, what's all this about? And, and we sat down, and the workshop was fantastic in fairness. Um, uh, but it was at that point I said yesterday that I felt that one-to-one was the way to go in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. getting a better understanding. But I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, that was it. During, if I remember, Glenn, during the, um, during the day, you asked me a bit more about, like, I, I don't think you quite understand, well, you've driven from Wales, sort of, why would you? Um, and we got talking about things, uh, and I think you mentioned sort of just briefly, like, you know, do you train sort of thing, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit of a beefcake kind of thing, made, made a joke, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I've done this, this, and this. And you're like hang on a minute, I've had a past with bodybuilding yeah. and, the, and the rest was sort of history. We made that connection pretty much through bodybuilding. I think that's what separated myself and the other clients of the day yeah. to form this friendship, yeah. you know, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was, was the, uh, the, the, the bodybuilding connection. So it's funny. I, uh, the other thing is as well, I was sort of coming to the end of bodybuilding and competing and everything else. Mm. And photography was the natural sort of change for me, the natural progression. Why, why was it okay? That's two extremes oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why I've kind of done it. Why have you done it? Because you said it was a natural progression. Yeah. A lot of people listening might think, no, it ain't. Yeah, yeah. From <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ben- benching 140 kilograms to uh, lifting a, a 5 DSI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, different. so why, why the change? Had there always been an interest in photography? Absolutely. Um, right through school, it was sketching pencils, art, everything else. And uh, you just, things fall by the wayside as you become, you, you go into adulthood and employment and everything else. And uh, I'm sort of revisiting it later mm. in life. And this is the, the main sort of uh, instigator was my sister. She passed away at 40 through breast cancer. And it was the, it, it was the feeling of helplessness that I think people around anybody a lot of people are connected with sort of cancer and our family or relatives mm. that have passed away and i won't be the first or the last but i think it's the feeling that you you you're helpless you can't do anything mm. i couldn't do anything for my sister she couldn't do anything for herself and i but i wanted to do something i think to take my mind off 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 it so basically in my wisdom i decided to uh, to trek to everest base camp for breast cancer care charity and raise money 
for breast cancer. And um, I thought, I'm going to need a camera to go. The only camera that I'd ever experienced in my life um, was a, a sort of a film, cam everyday camera that mm. you sort of click, wind on, <laughs> click again, yeah. and pretty much hand your film in and, and, hope. and hope for the best, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, by this time, this is, um, what is it? This is November 2008. Yeah, November 2008. So I'm going in the, no the November, but prior, I spend the whole summer buying what digital camera magazine and what this, what that. And before I know it, my mate uh, who told me about Photoshop, Gary Howells, he's a Nikon sort of user mm. and he's, he's bringing magazines in for me to look at because I need to purchase a camera to go to Nepal mm. because I'm going to be Steve McCurry. The world is brilliant. And um, I decided on picking up a Canon 40D at the time and a great camera. That was my first experience of a digital SLR in any way, shape or form. And of course, it's going to be fantastic, easy, and I'll be great at sort of photojournalism, uh, little Nepalese children, the people, the characters. How hard can it be? How hard can it be? <laughs> um, so I'll tell you how hard it could be. I, I rocked up and batteries charged and everything else. We, we land in Kathmandu and I have no need for the camera at that time until we start sort of trekking and everything else. And um, this, this can only happen to me. Uh, there's something like an half-hour flight on a little tiny sort of six-seater tin bird from Kathmandu to Lukla, uh, to the, uh, the small landing strip in, in Lukla. And it's a notorious airport, if anybody knows it. Uh, there's been hundreds of deaths and plane crashes and all sorts. Yeah. I was unaware of this at the time, otherwise I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> uh, and uh, basically... Uh, as we, we head off in this little plane, I get the camera out of the bag and I, I haven't used the camera yet. So you can imagine, I'm in this tiny aircraft and flying over the, the Himalayas low. And it is the best thing I've ever seen. So I'm fumbling in my bag and I'm like, oh, I've got to get a shot, got to get a shot. Because right in front of me, it's a, I'm looking out of the pilot's window, the, the sort yeah. of windscreen in front. Yeah, yeah. And this, Two little pilots there, and I think that's the shot right there, just coming into sort of like that. I take the camera out, and I'm like, right, let's have a look and switch this thing on. You'd never even turned it on before? No. <laughs> Why would I? You know? Um, I was saving the best to last. But anyway, so I, I haven't taken a picture. Just as we come in, say, this is the start of the whole month away in Nepal. Let's kick this bad boy off, yeah. you know? And uh, I take the camera out. I'd used the camera at home. And had a sort of a little mooch about and, and, yeah. and get a bit of a feel for it. Took some shots of the, the wife and everything else and whatever, you know, just getting a feel of it. And uh, so I've taken it out. I, I was very aware of battery life, no charging and everything else. So uh, there's, there was a, a company that uh, I got about sort of 10 universal batteries from, charged them all up. And I was hearing a story about put them in your sock, keep them warm. And, you know, so I did all that. So I was conscious not to use the camera. But I figured I, I've got to get this shot. So as we come into land, I'm fumbling around my bag. I get the camera out and I switch the camera on. What the actual error code 99 contact oh. cannon. No. <laughs> so I turn around. What? I have no reserve camera. I don't even have a point and shoot. Of nothing. I have zero. Uh, and this is before we're using mobile phones. Yeah, 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 and yeah. yeah. Like so I, I'm sat there and error code 99. I'm pressing the shot. There is nothing. <laughs> error code 99. I look at the contact cannon. 
oh my days. I just thought to myself, what on earth? So I did that typical thing. I switched the camera off, took the battery out and hoped it'd go away. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, we, we land. I miss all the shots of the landing and everything else. We land and I'm sat there and I'm more or less refusing to leave the plane because I've got my camera in my left hand, battery in my right hand, the flap of the battery p- uh, pack is just open and I'm absolutely dumbfounded. I'm devastated. And I'm thinking, well, if I put the battery back in and switch it on, perhaps it'll yeah. be okay. Um, but what if it isn't? So I sat there for ages too frightened to put the battery in because it's going to say error code 99. And if for some reason, I, I don't think any of the Nepalese people would, would be able to help me with that. So no. um, to cut a long story short, I popped the battery in. I waited a couple of minutes, it seemed like eternity, and uh, switched it on. And from that moment on, the camera never missed a beat. Really? Perfect. I cannot explain it. Um, and I have a hard drive with probably three, 400 images from Nepal on there. It's just and one of those moments. It was one that, of those moments yeah. that I, it really kicked off the trip with a nice little bit of adrenaline, worry and stress. <laughs> um, and it actually took my mind off the fact that I'm landing at, uh, I watched a TV show afterwards, that we landed on the world's number one most dangerous airport for deaths and everything Somebody else. was looking out for you so that day. So they needed to take my mind off yeah, things, you yeah. know, because, you know, uh, the plane was wobbling and also it, it was a horrible flight. So but, so you did all of the, done the photography um, out in Nepal, you say three, yeah. four hundred pictures or whatever. Yeah. So that's going back how long? Ten years? Yeah. Roughly? Ten, it's ten years this year. Okay. So then when you come back from there, then the photography, I'll tell you, obviously it's continued. Yeah. What was, what were you, what was your thing then? My thing then was primarily landscapes. Um, landscapes, uh, that's, that's basically what I was leaning towards. For the simple fact, I'm an outdoor kind of person. Right. And, um, you know, I have a dog. We do lots of dog walking and stuff like that. And it seemed quite quite the logical thing to do. You'd go out, you'd take your camera, you gear out with you. and uh, mm. That's and pretty much why I'm doing the landscapes now. Exactly. It's kind of like, it's like a marriage made in heaven, isn't it? Yeah. Love the outdoors, love yeah. photography. Yeah. Two of the two together. Yeah, that's, that'll soon change, Glenn. Yes. I, I'm telling you now that you, yeah, <laughs> it, it seems so easy until you sat there with your waterproof hat on, your umbrella, uh, yeah, and your, your cable releasing your hand, thinking, "What am I doing here? It's five in the morning," you know. So, but you you have all. I've that got a, a very small sample of that this morning because I didn't get to bed till twelve thirty this morning, and the alarm went off at three thirty. What? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You don't look this good for you know, <laughs> lots of sleep. True enough. Mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, f- fast forward four months, you'll be absolutely destroyed because. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The, so the landscape. Then you've you've been doing that. You've shown me some of the stuff this morning, which is definitely something I want to. I'd love to get some stuff like that. So, but you're not doing landscapes now. I'm not doing landscapes because I think underlying through all this, I certainly enjoyed Nepal. I took some landscapes uh, of the the Himalaya range and mm. and everything else. But I also enjoyed people, photographing people, portraits and the people. There was a, a slight change there. And it was all about finding, your, not, not your own style, but for want of a better word, your own identity with photography. I, th- I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed using the camera, taking pictures and taking pictures of people, the whole lot, and seeing the, the people looking at the back of the camera at their faces. Mm. Uh, this is what it's all about, surely. And from that moment, honestly, I fell in love with photography, and I knew that it, I knew then that I hadn't just bought a camera to go away for the trip. I knew then this is a camera for life. This is me now, um, right. and it reignited the passion of 
art, you know, from, from many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And w- when I got home and I looked at these pictures, yeah, they're average at best. But at the time, because I had taken them, I, I had a great sense of pride mm-hmm. in taking these pictures. And the next thing then was moving on to sort of the one thing I didn't want to do, and that was editing pictures. Why would I need Photoshop, you know? And thoroughly enjoyed that side of things uh, in terms of just sharpening, boosting colour, lens correcting, whatever, the basics that mm-hmm. you do, because I saw it as a form of um, as a form of art. You're putting your own stamp and your treatment on, on a picture, and mm-hmm. uh, that developed. But over the years to come, I did, I tried a little bit of everything. Which um, is what most people do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right from little bits of macro, yeah, and uh, I've even found myself lying in bluebell forests on my stomach, tr- try, and that's so frustrating. Even the slightest movement in little flowers and stuff, and every genre is so hard to master. And I kind of realised that I rocked up one year at the uh, the WRC Rally Championships. Never been to a rally before in my mm. life, and I make the mistake of standing standing on the outside of a bend. So by the time the camera, oh. I must have got absolutely peppered with rocks yeah, and yeah, stones yeah. and everything. But I loved the noise. I loved it. I went got, to one at Sutton Park, oh. and it was when they introduced the the Metro Six R Four. What a car! Yeah, and what a noise! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, the, these cars, the the, the Six R Four, they were still flying along up on the uh, the Epping Ranges. Some people might know it um, up in the the Brecon Beacons near Sennybridge. And uh, I remember seeing the, uh, the 6R4 flight over there. Never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. Um, proper old school stuff. Uh, and there was also a lot of the, the, the sort of escorts, the Mexicos, the Mark 1s, Mark 2s. Tony Quattro's. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant time for that. Yeah, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But also, um, throughout these first couple of years, once, that's 2008, yeah. Do you know what? It only took two years. 2010, I started, I mean, I started looking at, the internet, what other people were doing and mm. things like that. And I realised there's some serious... Number one, there's some serious talent. Number two, if you if you decide you enjoy rally photography so much, you'll find that there are unbelievable rally photographers out there. And you're up against it from the start. You're looking and, yes, you're inspired, but you're also not discouraged, but you're like, what? I can't replicate this. I, I couldn't possibly do this. That's amazing work, you know? So through all this, I came... It was at the time, you know what, there was a lot of sort of conceptual photography going on. And um, I know you hate the word art and arty and artless. I, I don't, I wouldn't say I hate the word. It's how, I think it's how, because we have done this on, on another episode when we talked about the words art, or not art, but passion yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And I, you've said that word already. But what I mean is, I, when I say that I don't like it, it's when all of a sudden people start doing that thing where they kind of like, they put their, their index finger and thumb together in both hands and <laughs> raise their palms there and they kind of do that kind of like, I'm an artist kind of oh, thing. It's like, oh, get over yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. But yeah. I know what you mean when you're saying, you know, loving the art and all that kind of, I get that. I think my interpretation is something that's individual to yourself that you can, you can develop yourself through photography, rather than say that it's art or it's this, something for, for, for yourself. Mm. Like, I, f- I felt that sort of from 2010, after sort of exploring the internet and looking around and things, and I've seen people doing some great work, a lot of it was sort of earlier sort of Photoshop stuff. Mm. Uh, and again, going into the select, your selection workshop day and everything, it was because people were compositing images and they were looking fantastic, like something from a film or another world, you know. Mm. And um, 
I loved that because I thought, well, if you can make an image from different sort of different body parts, for want of a better word, and, and create something that looks like a movie poster or something like that, that's a great way of expressing yourself. It's, it's unique to you. It's so, in- so did you do much compositing then? I tried. Glenn, I right. tried and tried and tried, and uh, I just... The more complex it, it became, matching shadows, matching light and everything else, and then you're looking into blend modes to, and, and, and everything, it just became too complicated and time-consuming. All right, so here's a question then. If, if it was something that you, you really took to with the, the compositing and yeah. you were able to, I mean, you said it was hard, but yeah. let's say if you found it easy... Yeah. And you, you were able to do it, would you still be doing it? Because you, you really have changed yeah. in the time you've been doing your photography. I mean, you start off doing landscapes, and now what we look at what you're doing, which is really getting you noticed, yeah. it's not landscapes, it's people. But in, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but a real... I, I've certainly seen nothing like it. The guys mm. in the States, when you've been over to Kelby, we'll talk about that, they'd seen nothing like it. It's getting a lot of interest. So would you still be doing selections and cutouts and composites now yes you would <laughs> yes. Oh, right. okay. okay for the simple fact that i think not always but i'd certainly be doing it to, to save perhaps save a bit of time I, i'd like to put this out there for, from the get-go and that is i actually i love photoshop mm. um i love what people can do with it and if i could and i had the talent to do it i would because i firmly believe that it's how you get to an end product does it, there's so many pompous bloody people, uh, the, the good way, the right way, the wrong way, the this, the that and the other. Yeah. Surely if you present something at the end, don't worry about the stress levels, getting it, you've got it, it's there. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't matter what it is. To me, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, sometimes I see stuff and I, I can't even explain why I like it. But if it hits you mm. and you feel it and you like that, who's... Was anybody else to tell you anything different for a start? So, yes, there are images that, as time's gone on, I've started enjoying more of this, the, the idea, the planning, the execution of set building, the props, the adages that you can add to a picture to tell a story. And, yes, they do revolve around people, usually in a humorous way. But there are parts and times where I could have perhaps added something in Photoshop to save that time, but instead I've gone through... A, a world of toil and trouble to get it in camera, so to speak. But this is what separates you, and this is why there is so much interest in what you're doing. Certainly now, you know, it's really starting. 2018 is kind of like it's looking like this. This is your year yeah. when your name's getting yeah. out there, and rightfully so. If if you could do it in Photoshop, but you choose not to, doing not doing it in Photoshop is that's what you that's Ian Monroe. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, that is yeah. Ian Monroe, and that's what that's what's interesting. Believe, I mean, I remember. It's interesting, funny you say that, but I remember there was a, um, a DVD package that Zach Arias did, and I got this DVD, it's called One Light, and I remember Dave Cross from Kelby, when he worked at the uh, NAPP, he did a, a blog, and he was advertising, he did, every week he used to do like a thing recommending a book, a bit of software, or whatever, yeah. and this one particular week he was recommending this One Light DVD, and it was Zach Harris's. Dave recommended it. Right, I'm buying it. That's the kind of person I am. If Dave said it was good, I'll get it. So I'm always looking to learn more. And I remember one bit on that DVD was when Zach Harris was walking down the street in Atlanta and, he, and he's talking to the camera and he says, if ever you find yourself saying, I'll do that later in Photoshop, he says, stop what you're doing put down your camera and slap yourself really hard across the face because you're being lazy. <laughs> and I love that. And that's really stuck with me. 
Yeah, but, it, it's true. But that's it's how true. I see you. Yeah. Yes, you could maybe do a selection, a cutout, and get some maybe stock image and put that in. Yeah. Maybe you could look at learning 3D now mm. rather than going off hunting for all this kind of weird and wonderful kit that you saw from all over the place. You could learn to do 3D, but you choose not to. I do, yeah. I choose not to because I believe that there are people out there like myself, and that is not super great at Photoshop or anything like that. And they're quite, quite straight, quite honest, straight photographers. And I think there are people that are interested in the process, like myself, mm. of getting to an end result um, through as much, I, I really don't want to say it, sort of pure photography. Like my images, usually, if there's a lot going on in them, once the set is built and in place, I usually just take two or three images and pop the one over the top and add a layer mask and expose we're, the image. Underneath. We're going to put a link to your stuff. Give us a, a link that yeah. you'd like so people can see the images. But how would you describe your work, your, your pictures that you're doing now? I would describe them as, um, as time goes on, I'm enjoying getting more complex with set building. Um, and add enough props to tell a story. All my stories seem to, they, for some reason, they seem to come back to humour or mm. misfortune. And if you see anything on TV, any comedy, it, you usually find yourself laughing at other people's misfortunes. <laughs> well, I do anyway. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, you, you see somebody fall over, you laugh mm. before you before you go and help them up. You snigger or you laugh or once you've helped them up, you'd get in the car and say, oh, my God, did you see that? That was hilarious. <laughs> and usually with with situations, I think there's uh, like a couple of the series and images I've done. They, they're usually based around best intentions, people's best intentions. But things have gone wrong. And I, I like viewers to look at my stuff and think, oh, I know that feeling well, you know. Mm. So it's kind of a, I wouldn't say a dark humour, but an unfortunate humour, and it usually revolves around, um, I wouldn't say unfortunate characters, but the characters that I like to use, they're not models, they're normal people. There was a, there was a, a, a phrase that Larry Becker used when you were recently out in Florida at the, at the okay. Kelby, when you were invited because they did your gallery viewing. I remember Larry using, a, 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 the way he described the humour in your um, pictures was an intelligent humour. Yeah, and I thought that was absolutely bang on because it is. It isn't. It isn't slapstick. No, it's. It is. It is. It, straight away, it makes you smile. It makes you the smi pictures make you smile. Absolutely, yeah. It makes you smile because I, I think people can sometimes relate to it. And um, the, the the latest series that I've done that that we'll probably chat Endeavor. about the Endeavour series. Yeah. The the series where um, there's you are, there's a family involved. There's the supportive wife. Every every husband behind every man there's a great woman like they say and that's probably quite true being supportive right till the end and things go wrong people can relate to this kind of thing my mind got you know you know how i am my head yeah. goes all over the place and i get things that come to my head i've got to ask this right yeah you uh you say that your pictures tell a story yeah but when you're preparing this and you're putting the sets together it goes beyond that because i remember either i think i either read it on facebook or on a site somewhere in your endeavor series you had the inventor, it was the family, the Crothers that's, family. That's right, yeah. And you had the character, the, the, the main character, the wife and the son. 
but not only did you have their names, you actually did like a an overview of this <laughs> is who they are. About the character. Yeah, about why, the, why do you do that? Uh, do you know what? Just just like photography in general and uh, and sort of developing yourself and coming across, purely by accident. I, I literally, I wanted for the first time to put a series of images together, not as a, I'll use the, I'll use the camera club term, which I hate, not as a panel, but just something that would come together so that if ever I did an exhibition, it could be an exhibition on one series. But was it, right, what, so, what I'm getting at, Ian, is when, you, when you're describing that person, because you've got uh, Simon, yeah. who played the main character, yeah. you've got Sarah and you've got Andrew, yeah. did that, was that done also for their benefit to help them to get into that character? Or... Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, um, once I've created, once, once I have this in mind, and I know the people that are playing the characters and everything else, we'll chat about it. And I really, on this occasion, I really wanted them to feel that they were that person. Mm. So the only way that I could tell Simon and Sarah um, about the project and what we were doing, posing them, and they, they come from an acting background, it was not a problem. But in this particular instance, I felt that because they're used to reading scripts yeah, for they're plays, both, they're, they're both actors, they're both and, actors. Yeah. because they're used to this, I figure if I was to give them, not a script, but a synopsis of their character and who they are and yeah. how they behave and their life in the past, uh, Sarah, who became Martha Crothers, the troubled wife of Oscar Crothers yeah. uh, and their son, Peter Crothers. And Peter, the son, would be used as a kind of guinea pig. So he knew this. Uh, Andrew, that p- played Peter, mm. he knew this at the time that he'd play the character of the um, call the son in. He's going to test this latest gadget or invention. And Martha would turn up and put the kettle on, make the tea and help the husband and be just supportive. And Oscar was the kind of guy that had been trying and trying and trying, hence the word endeavour, mm. um, trying all his life. Number one, to, to change their life as a family, to, to get that lucrative invention. And ev- now Martha's patience is wearing thin. There's invention after invention, failure after failure. And of course, I think I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> I can. I, yeah, I think we all can. <laughs> yeah. We can probably all relate to it a lot. And I think, you know what? Uh, sometimes things happen very easy in life and sometimes it's hard. But you have to keep trying, hence mm. the word endeavour. Mm. And um, I think that was the beauty. People could relate to the series in terms of uh, what I was trying to say. Uh, I, think, I think it really helped, uh, given a description of what that person's like. Because, it's, I mean, if they do that in films, don't they? You don't yeah. just say, here's your script, go and read it. The person getting the script would say, this is who you are, this is where you're from, you were born here. So you can really get into characters Absolutely. and that, that script then comes across better. And I think that really worked with you, because I'm, I'm a big believer in, when it comes to photographing people, you could have the best lighting, you could have the best set, you could have best everything, but if all you do is put somebody in some clothes and tell them to sit there and just look this way, you get nothing. it ain't gonna work. You get nothing. They've still got to be mm. that person, haven't they? And it's yeah. also, I guess, in a similar way, is, let's say if we were gonna take a portrait and, it, and the person, like for example, my brother, yep. who I photographed at the NEC, he was photographed in an RAF uniform, I could have, I could have kind of saved some money hiring that uniform by saying, do you know what, we're only going to do it above the waist, I'll just get the jacket and the shirt, and he can wear his jeans below. It wouldn't have worked. It needed to be the whole thing for him to feel in character. That is really, really interesting, because the one thing I did discover building the set 
for the Endeavour series is this. I could have hidden so much, so many of the props maybe that didn't need to be there. Once I positioned the people and they were blocking intricate props and detail that I wanted the, the viewer to see, mm. it was still there. And I think that if I just left a gap there, for example, or uh, left something out, it, it wouldn't have been a complete... Something wouldn't have been right. It wouldn't have been a yeah. complete set, number one. I don't think people would have felt the vibe there on the day. I mean, in the studio on that day, there's eight or nine people. And when you see a complete set right down to the maybe the liquid that's in the jar that the people can't, cannot see that's stacked behind, but it all built depth of the set. Mm. And I think that's the one thing that I, I have learned, and that is not to try and sort of cheat by saying, well, we don't really need that there. You need to pay attention to the small detail. and I think small by, things that make a big difference. A, absolutely. Yeah. The, the whole mood about it. I mean, if your brother was walking around with jeans, trainers, and an RAF top half, I'm not quite sure he would feel the no. part and he would sit there, push his chest out and feel proud if people at, at the day, at the event, were looking at the guy sat on a stool, uh, like the, the sayings about the newsreaders, that they're reading the news in a suit and a pair of pants underneath the, 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 the desk on News at 10, you know. Mm. Um, there, I just, no, it, it just, you have to see before, it. Before I went on stage, because my brother had never done anything like that before, but before he goes out on the stage, I'm behind with him and I'm going, right, okay, so this is the scene. You are an RAF pilot. You've done this, you've flown, you've had successful flights. Now you're having a bit of a break, you're sat on the chair, and we're going to take your portrait to send to your wife because you're a wife doing all this kind of work. That is who you are. And I was really doing that as yeah. I was looking at his yeah. eyes. And saying, so that was my equivalent of saying, here's a script I've written for you and here's your character. Like what you yeah. did. And it just absolutely works. I want to, I want to ask you about um, one thing you mentioned was the, the Endeavour series. This is, I'm trying to be clever with a bit of a segue here. But you mentioned about you've got to keep trying. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, yeah, you, you have to keep trying, hence the name Endeavour. Now... Uh, one thing I want to ask you about, you've been in Round Nest now for 10 years, you've done the landscapes, you've tried this, you've tried that. Now you're, you're definitely in your, you've found your calling almost. This yes. is like, it, what you're doing now is you. Yeah. But I want to talk about that because there have been times when you've either, as we all have, either felt despondent, what do I do, do I want to do this, or all that kind of stuff. Have you, have you had dark times with the photography when you yeah. literally felt like saying, I've had enough? Yeah. Okay, so what has made you come through those? Um, a lot of it can be put down to your own character for a start. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but um, I feel quite sort of focused, disciplined uh, and on what I want. I am quite sort of um, optimistic as well in terms of what I can achieve. I really believe that I can achieve uh, good things. And when I mean good things, I mean... As long as I'm bringing smile and happiness to viewers and people, and people are talking about it mm. because they can relate and they love it, then I love that. There's nothing more. And that's happening at the moment. Mm. But I, I don't think any photographer don't go through barren spells, dark patches, questionable patches. As a matter of fact, I would say that, I would say that I'm trying not for 2018 to be a year where I, where I have a single sort of a single mishap, uh, a, sin, a single sort of uh, fall into a dark place. But, but, or you're, but you're doing now what, like I said, this is your, you've almost, it's like you're calling now. You are doing what you're doing. That's probably why you're in your happy place and that's what makes you happy and you like to see people's reactions to yeah. it. But 
have you kind of um, bef- how can I how can I try and, try and say this? It's a case of you're now doing what you should be doing. Like I love doing the portraits. Before, have you ever kind of thought oh, I can't do this kind of that? Did you find yourself doing stuff because you're that's what people will want yeah, me to do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is, that's quite interesting because. There will always be trends and fashions in photography and things that are in, things are not. And, and if you've come from uh, a photography club background, uh, and again, when I came back from Nepal, um, I formed a club myself called In Focus. And that's, that's based around the whole camera club world and camera club scene. And I think that things that are sort of fashionable, people tend to copy and you're, you're led like mm. sheep. And it's, it's quite depressing once you've got over it. And you will try it. I've, tr- I've tried all sorts of stuff that, that's following trends. But ultimately, I think uh, one of my darkest sort of depressions, for, for want of a better word, regarding photography was just sort of late last year. And you actually came up to the studio. Mm. And uh, I, was at, I, I was pretty down because I was, doing, I was doing some portrait work and stuff. And um, I did... I did one set of portraits, and when I came home, I was quite happy with the portraits, and technically they were fine. There was nothing wrong with the portraits. But the wife, Jane, she said something interesting to me, and uh, you picked up on it that my mood wasn't right, and I was a bit despondent at the time. And I think it was a culmination of, I work for a living as well, so working long hours, uh, trying to juggle photography. I really want to be devoting time to set building. I really want this. This is what where I... So I have goals. And my goals are not necessarily financial gain, financial goals. My goals are not necessarily, uh, do you know who I, ha- who I am? Do you know this, that, next, best, biggest name? I, I don't care. Whatever that means. I, whatever. Yeah. I don't care for that. What yeah. I care for is what, what I need to do to get where I need to be to enjoy it and to feel a love for it and, and be excited about what I'm doing. And back then, I wasn't excited about what I was doing. But the portraits were good, but they were standalone, standard portraits. And I got on one evening and uh, she said, how are things? Everything all right? Glyn okay? Everything good? I said, yeah, yeah. Glyn's, Glyn's gone back home now and uh, one thing and another. And she said, I said, oh, uh, take a look at these. And I got the camera out and I just showed her the back of the screen. Of the ones that you typed? Yeah, right. yeah. And uh, she went, oh, right. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think I was looking to Jane for something like, wow, mm. for that. Every, every person needs that mm. sort of reassurance or they are great and everything else. Uh, and uh, I looked and she said, uh, she said, oh, there's nice. What, 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 it, what is that? <laughs> what does nice mean? Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> nice. And I thought, well, what? And she, I'm not quite sure whether she'd had a glass of wine, but she, <laughs> she, she told me it as it is. Yeah. And she said, babe, she said, I can't, I can't see you in there. That could be anybody's work. Holy crap. Mm. I could have fainted. She's never said that to me, ever. And this is going back. I can't remember when it was. It must have been September, October. I don't know when. Last year. November. November. Yeah, November. And uh, she said, I can't see you. I can't see you, your humour, your laughter. I can't see you as a person in that. That was the only time... So she couldn't see your style? No way. Right. And that was the biggest, single, most changing thing ever. And I think it came at a time, November, mm. I lost Terry as a friend in the June, July. And I started... He was a character. 
Mm. This guy was a character, uh, and a lot of people may have seen images that I've taken of him with his beard and humorous images, and he was a character. And I think I got lost between July and when you came November. I got completely lost, mate. I was lost, and uh, the camera club scene, people being judged for the same old tat and nonsense, and I was part, I, I'm part of a club, and I still am. I'm the chairman of the club. Um, it's not a regular club. We, we, we meet over a pint mm. and we have a chat. So when we speak about good and bad things with photography, the things even itself out. But either way, I was lost at the time. And when you came up, you noticed a change in my mood, perhaps. You, you definitely weren't your... Because you are... You're a very consistent person in how you are. You're I'm very, usually quite excitable. You're very, right? you're very yeah. upbeat. You're very positive, And you're yeah. just great fun to be around. And that's, that's, that's what I love about our friendship. You were so different on that day. And I, I felt, because I'd gone there to go and take the, the 1940s pictures That's right, of yeah. Anthony and Sarah, you were also doing a shoot. To me, it felt like you were just going through the motions. And I don't know if I've said this to you, but and I don't mean to say this in a kind of an arrogant way or anything like that whatsoever. It almost felt like you were doing a shoot because you needed, you felt that you needed to be seen to be doing a shoot because I was there. I don't Do know if that's right or wrong. I don't know. It is. It is. It, um, do you know what? You pro- mate, you're spot on. Um, that was certainly part of it. That, that was sort of a good 40% part of it. I mean, number one, I was in a desperate place in terms of having lost Terry. Mm. Um, he is quite, he is solely responsible for the change in the dynamic. It was a huge part of, of yeah. your work and your, you know, yeah. you did a lot together, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and seeing him, uh, basically, um, when I went to visit him, seeing him dead on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, came as a, a as a great shock because it was quite sudden. And um, so I'm in this place. You come up, and yeah, you're right. And this is Glyn Dewis coming to my studio, so I'm absolutely as per, as normal. I'm 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 honoured. I, I love the fact that you can. No, I love. Mate, it's I lovely love, you say that. But it, it, no, but it is because this is now developing into a kind of like I said, it's been six years plus or whatever that I've, I've known you. And I really love the fact it's developed into a friendship. Mm. And that's full testament to you coming back all the time and picking up the phone or messaging. It's great. And that's, that is an unbelievable quality of photography. And the people in photography, there are fantastic people in, in the game. And when you came up, I thought, well, it's quite easy. And I would have preferred to have sat down or helped. But I know that you were doing the, the, the one light setup, one light, maybe a reflector. It's a one-man job, really. Your, your workflow, you, you don't need help. I could have thrown you the keys and said, fill your boots in the studio, mate. I'll see you in two hours. Um, so I felt that I had to do something um, to sort of say, like, well, I'll do a shoot as well. And, you know, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't in the mood. So, so looking to... back at that, what have you learned from that? Um, what have I learned from that? Number one, this this is pretty much pattern for the year so far. Stop trying so hard. Stop trying. Stop trying to prove your worth. I think I felt like, oh, oh my God, Glyn's turning up. Glyn's coming along. Uh, he's going to be doing a shoot, and I want to show Glyn that I'll like this. You know, Glyn's coming up. He's doing a one light portrait setup, but and I'll do a shoot, and I'll I'll use one light, two light, or three light, and I'll do my own thing and everything else constantly feeling that I have to prove myself mm. or constantly trying to display 
that I have got capabilities and I can do this. I'm forgetting about the love and why you do it and why forgetting about the fact that this thing is supposed to give you enjoyment. Yeah. And I find, and I, at that time, you were there and you sensed this and you were right and everything else. I spent my time speaking to camera clubs and I usually round my presentation off saying, I'm sure that when you pick your rucksack up to go out and you've got your 5DSR or your Nikon 810, 2470, 2.8, 70 to 200, maybe a, a prime in there, plus your Lee filters and your, your baggage and everything else, you could quite possibly be picking up a rucksack with seven grand in, mm. seven to 10 grand in, okay? If you're going out or you're going to a studio or you're doing something and you're stressing, worrying about proving yourself, trying too hard, not enjoying it, do yourself a favor, flog your kit and go and buy a car. Flog your, I know, flog your kit and go and fill your boots in Amsterdam on a holiday. <laughs> Just do something that's mm. gonna bring a smile to your face. And I think I went through a period late on after Terry and when I met you, uh, it just happened to be probably at a low time or a wrong time. And it's the whole thing about trying so hard. And in the run up to Christmas, it, I started to just put things into perspective. And uh, I know that you were uh, tearing me a new blinking bumhole yesterday over the fact that I said, well, I'm 45 now and I realize my own mortality. When people around you pass away or you have a bit of bad yeah. luck and everything else, you kind of wonder what it's all about and it should be giving you enjoyment. And people message me and they say, oh, your latest image, I laugh so much. It's, it's at the bonkers. What a great what, feeling what to know that you've feel. brought that. This is it. Yeah. And I'm thinking that doesn't cost anything. Mm. It's not about, what, what am I going to do, Glenn, if... Um, what am I going to do if Canon uh, or Hasselblad or any of these huge names want me to be the next biggest thing and they hand me all this kit and this and that? Then pressure comes. It changes you as a person. You stop doing what you enjoy and you start doing what they want. Yeah. So you know what? I figured in the run-up, Ian, if you get there and everybody's talking about you, is that what you want, number one? What do you want? Do you want money? Or do you want the stress? And what are you going to do once you get there? What's your goal then? What happens then? We, you know? we kind of touched on this briefly yesterday when we were, there was me, you and Anthony yeah. walking uh, in the parts of the Brecon Beacons. And I think it might have been Anthony that said to you, what are you, what are you aiming for? What do you want to get from this? And then I think, I think he said something like, uh, it must be great when you get clients calling you and, and you go on and do this and you're That's working right. for clients and you're going and flying around all over the place, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I, I then said to you, look, is kind of be careful what you wish for mm. I said because mm. when it does get like that because I've experienced <laughs> that with clients yeah. you're then you then it, it, life becomes very serious then and then the stress kicks in because you're not just doing something that you love to do you're doing something that they want you to do yeah and then there's pressure Absolutely. and then it's not a case of doing uh, what you want I want you to do this I want you to do that we need it now we need it yesterday it's, it's their like money stress you're playing it's their with. money yeah. Yeah. pressure yeah. of knowing yeah. I've got to go I've got to do this yeah. If you've organised your own project shoot, yes, there's a little bit of stress there because you want to make sure that the time you've put into it beforehand and it all comes off on the day. But if it doesn't work on that day, hey-ho, let's try it another day. But when it's a client, so I said, yeah. be careful what you wish for because there are many, many very busy photographers out there around the world that are going all over the place for all these companies with big budgets. They would give their hind leg to sort of say, I'd just love to be able to do my own stuff yeah. and have no pressure. Yeah, you're right there because... The first time I sort of experienced that 
uh, when you love and you enjoy doing something, having that taken away from you. Um, when I was younger, sort of uh, 18, 19, I did a football apprenticeship. I loved my football. I was playing football at quite a high standard. And uh, once, once I realised that uh, I was released from a couple of clubs and I really wasn't going to make the grade, I was still playing at a level where, um, at the time, you'd get a little pay packet after the game. It's 50 quid a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, what came with that, that was the first time I had earned money from playing football. 50 quid a game. Little brown envelope. You're in the showers after and it all handed out and 50 quid a game. But what came with that was, mate, I was getting absolutely rinsed on the football pitch by uh, teammates when you make errors or mistakes and something doesn't go to plan. What the? Beep, 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 beep. Next time, Monroe, get stuck in, do this, do that. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this what I need to be doing for 50 quid? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then... I remember I played two seasons like that, didn't enjoy my football at all. And uh, one day I helped a, a mate out for a pub side on a Sunday morning. Mate, I've never laughed so much in all my life. I tried really hard and enjoyed it. And sometimes... Were well, you were playing for the, for play, the pub team? For the, for the pub team, mate. Right. And I loved it, right? And it was, it was done for giggles. Uh, great game, good atmosphere, some horrific tackles going in. Um, (laughs) Half the players were still half cut from the Saturday night. This is 10 (laughs) o'clock on a Sunday morning. Uh, And probably, I mean, Dave loves his football and stuff like that. He probably relates to all this. They're hoofing the ball around the park, effing and jeffing and shouting and screaming, and nobody really cares. Half the time, it's quite quite a challenge to just stay on your feet. And afterwards, I thought, well, I'll lose 50 quid for this. I ended up playing sort of local league football, mm. having a couple of pints afterwards. And I thought, this is what's bringing time out for me, enjoyment and everything else. So it's probably the same with photography. I'm fully aware, you said it yesterday, that my studio has become my, my little man cave for myself, Anthony, Gares, yourself, everything else. It's a little place where I sort of, sometimes I go to the studio and I go there and just tidy up. So I'll put the stereo on, mm. I'll go there, I'll tidy up, I'll have a look around the four walls at what I can do next, maybe. And uh, it's my place. And I'm sure that if I have to fly to LA for Hasselblad and everything else, by the time I've done that a few times and not enjoyed it and done this, that and the next thing, I'll probably be begging for my little studio back so I can do the simple things in life that make me I think, happy. I think it's great. I think this is something that everybody needs to hear, really, that... What, what ultimately you're saying is do, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. You know, you're sticking to your guns with your, your uh, photography. You know, like everybody's, own, like everybody's um, choice of what they like to photograph, it's not going to be everybody's taste, but you don't care, you stick at it. And it makes me think of, for example, like Joel Grimes. Make, really yeah. with, what you do makes me think of Joel Grimes, not, not your styles, because they're very, very different. Yeah, he's not half sticking, as good as me. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely amazing, mate. He's but, amazing. But he stuck to his guns, you know, a good few years ago that he started to do that three light setup. It was Joel that really kind of came up with that concept. Yeah. Photographing the backgrounds yeah. with a wide angle, yeah. photographing the actual subjects he was then putting into the pictures with a telephoto, combining it, three light setup. And I remember at the time he was, he was kind of the, the typical kind of, I say typical, camera club kind of comments that, you can't do that. That doesn't look right. That's wrong. That wouldn't be like that, and so on and so on and so on. He could have very easily 
bowed to the masses yep. and done what makes them <clears throat> agree with you know what yeah. he's doing. But no, he sticks at it. He sticks at it, and eventually it becomes the Joel Grimes look, the Joel yeah. Grimes setup. Yeah, it's a perfect example, as is yours, because I see now the transition from last year, and I know that last year there was a heck of a lot more emotional stuff to deal with with the loss yeah. of Terry, and yeah. you know, which is obviously a huge loss. But that's why I think this year is turning into be a really good year for you, and it's going to carry on because you are somebody who will play for the pub team yeah, because yeah, yeah. it makes you happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the other thing is as well is that I feel the same. Um, I've, I've got off to a great start with Kelby and everything else that's that's happened, and but also I don't want to sound um, unappreciative or anything else, but also, mate, I'm relaxed. I don't care. Mm. I don't care because if people don't like it now, you know what, just like Joel Grimes, he's been doing it. Um, when I've listened to him a lot, you know, he's been in the game years and years and years. And what goes around comes around. So what people may not like or feel today, they might think next week, next month. He next still year. looks looks young though. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we are. Yes. Yeah. How old is he? Twenty eight. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I actually feel I look older than him. As makes me sick. I've got to get this. There must be something he's having, but but he's a super super yeah, guy. Super certainly guy. is. But that is it. I actually the, the the moment in the run up to Christmas and things quiet. I don't fret about. If I haven't got another shoot for a month, I don't care. Um, if I'm busy, I don't care. It's fine. It's, it's all good. I've really taken a step back because I'm wondering, you know, just a little bit like the Truman Show when he bumps into the sky at the end. Yes. What, what happens when I get to where I want to be now or what I'm thinking now? Don't forget that, like, I never would have thought in a million years that um, Scott Kelby would ever mention my name or even Glyn Dewis would ever mention my name. So lots have happened and basically what has been happening, you kind of, I'm, you, you're desensitised to it because it's like, okay, I've done Kelby, on to the next. Okay, you see so you're doing this and you're not, you're not sort of sitting back and enjoying it. And when I did go to Florida... Can, can we talk about yeah. how that started first of all then? Yeah. What, why, I know why, but for those listening who, who haven't seen your work or don't know your name yet... What happened? How did you end up going to, to Kelby? What was it? Um, I'd obviously heard of Scott Kelby and Kelby One and, and everything else, but um, uh, Dave, Dave Clayton, uh, we got talking about it and, and, and one thing or another and said it's a great place to be and, uh, and, and some, there's, there are lots of courses and things that you can look at that might be of interest. Plus, uh, Dave was saying, your work would be really appreciated. You know, why not? There's events that you can do. There's, there's gallery entries. And I was like, oh. And it was at the time I thought, I'd love to do an exhibition. And I'm all about print and I'm all about galleries mm. and everything else. I really love the physical side of photography, something you can hold, that you can treasure, you can keep, you can scrutinise and mm. do whatever. Um, I think in that respect, the social media ruined some things because I love a good print. And there was something that appealed to me with Kelby's. I joined, mm. I joined uh, without hesitating to have a, a look because Dave was talking about this, this gallery thing and, uh, and one thing or another. Then I spoke to you about it. I'm, I'm sticking my nose in. What's this sort of gallery thing? Yeah, this could really suit somebody like you because of, you're, you're quite unique in what you do and it's different. And um, they do a, a sort of, I think it's quarterly, a gallery where they try and promote up-and-coming up and artists and photographers uh, to display their work. And basically, it's an all-expenses-paid trip 
to Florida to the Calby One Studios, you're shown round, you're treated like king, and you you have your own gallery solo gallery exhibition. And I mean, sometimes you you get you can go to a coffee shop and ask them, can you have a little part of the wall for your images or whatever. This is a whole gallery mm. solely to you. And of course, very, very the, 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 yeah. the social coverage that Scott can command and Kelby command. So you put out there basically. And um, in a nutshell, uh, I entered this. It was on the third attempt. Uh, I started off, I, I joined early in the year and you can su- submit your work, submit your stuff. And Dave contacted me and said, um, for the Photoshop user, sort of e-magazine kind Mm -hmm. of thing that they do. Um, He he, he messaged me saying, mate, you've got a front cover. They'd like to use this for a front cover of the magazine. And um, it was one of my images called The Ejector Inspectors. And I'm like, really? So, of course, that's a big thing for me. And um, I think this happened in something like March, February, March uh, of last year. And uh, things sort of like, I felt then that perhaps I'd caught their eye or I was on the radar that little bit more because, of course, it got front cover. It's, mm-hmm. it's the biggest and best ever thing. And as time went on, uh, Scott spoke about that, you know, you can now enter your stuff in the gallery. So I'm thinking, right, I'm messaging, asking what you need to do, submit your, your website or your Instagram or your whatever, and they'll curate it, have a look at it and see if it's, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm sure many, many people entered. And it was announced live on their sort of uh, their streaming show called The Grid, and on the first time, I made a big, a big deal out of the fact that I sat down, I had the, the laptop open, Jane was sat next to me, and it's like, they're going to announce the winner, they're going to announce the winner. And the winner is so-and-so, so-and-so from Slovakia. And I'm like, oh. oh. And then there's that little bit of dis- disappointment. My heart sank a little bit because yeah. perhaps I'm not used to sort of winning or anything, but I really, really, you know, I am that way inclined in terms of I'm very competitive and stuff. And I'm like, What? And then it was like, so let's have a look at this guy's work. And it comes up on the screen, and I'm like, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. From it a grouch fa- head yeah, on. Yeah, top of grouch <laughs> head on. And obviously, fantastic work. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so I've seen that before. Uh, it's just long exposure stuff, you know, uh, your standard anyway. I close the laptop. I'm not watching the grid anymore. And I'm, <laughs> I'm in a proper half. That passes. I've yeah. pulled my head out of my bum, and I carry on. The next thing is, it comes up again four months later. And, um, oh, by the way, I, even on this first one, I didn't get it, but I had an email off Eric Kuna yep. saying I've made the final, uh, like the final 10 people. Hence why you, you and Jonah sat around the laptop. Hence oh, why I'm sat yeah, there. Sorry, yeah. I missed that part out. I'm only sat there basically thinking I'm, I could win this. Yeah. I'm in with a chance because I had an email saying I'd made the, the top 10. Uh, and it was kind of like, if you hear from us again, you know, obviously it'll be to tell you that you're a winner. If you don't, you don't. And, uh, uh, and basically, uh, basically, I, I, I looked and uh, no, no email, no email, no uh, email arrived, and uh, that came and went. I looked at the winner's stuff; it was good, it was fine. And four months later, the same thing happened, but I got the same email of Eric again, <laughs> right? So I'm thinking, what is this generic? Is this something you send to all your rejects and your fit? What is this? So I started getting really sort of annoyed. And uh, to cut a long story short, I had the same email. Yes, you've, I know this sounds like a familiar story, but you've made the top 10. I'm like, ooh, we'll be do again, right? So on the third time, right, I'm not quite sure. I was obviously on, they were saying, if there's any consolation, everybody at Kelby is raving about your work. Everybody. And I'm like, oh, okay then. Well, why didn't I win? I had a proper, you know? <laughs> and uh, so in a nutshell, the third time, and this is the funny thing about 
having things not matter to you anymore and you don't care. I was watching the grid and uh, I'm sat there, Jane's watching the TV and I'm listening to the grid and I've got no nerves, no butterflies and Scott goes, and the winner is Ian Munro. I'm like, oh, and Jane said, ooh, they mentioned you there then. And I said, mentioned? <laughs> and they're like, Ian Munro is from the UK. He's a great guy, great photographer. I'm like, I've won. I was like, what the? Anyway, we're jumping around, dancing around, and great, we're going to Florida. And that was it. The rest is history. And the, the gallery itself, the exhibition, the time out there, meeting Scott and Calibra and everybody. Uh, like, well, you've been it many looked, times. Yeah, it looked incredible. When, yeah. Because we were all watching it. Stayed up late to see yeah. you being interviewed and see you walking around the beautiful uh, gallery that Calabra had organised yeah. and the prints looked mad. Who, who did the prints? It was... Baylab, uh, oh, uh, Baylab photos. Yes, are, that's um, right. And they, they, they've done it in a way that's sort of sort of uh, hanging frameless. And this, this it looks stunning. This it really new sort did. of technique. And uh, that's, I think it's exclusive to Baylab photos. Fantastic. And... Uh, it just became a bit of a dream, really. Mm. Lots of things were, were happening. Like Scott was like, you see all these prints? We're going to ship them back to you. And now the prints are going to Photoshop World first before they come back to me. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was just, they really go all out to look after you and to make your dream come true. And so that was a big, big thing. And then on the back end of that, things start to happen. First of all, my Facebook went into meltdown with friend requests and everything else. And um, also, uh, I got contacted by Dave again saying, mate, you've got a second cover, front cover, on the magazine again. This is all on the back of it. And I'm thinking, this is great. And this is all coming because I don't care. You know, this, yeah, is, this is all coming. You're doing what you love. If people don't like this it, is, I don't care. This is it. This yeah. is all coming because, honestly, I really don't want to sound ungrateful or blase because I've been banging my head against a wall for 10 years trying and trying and trying to be the next most popular, lovely man in the world. And sometimes when you take a step back and you enjoy the finer, most basic things in life that make you happy, then things, things happen because you're not forcing it, you're not pushing it, you know? I think that is such an important thing to say. Yeah. It really is. You know, it, people are trying to, trying to work. So me and Dave kind of, I think we spoke about this on one of our episodes before, is that there seems to be this, uh, there seems to be this culture across social media where there's this, this want for fame, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you'll see people constantly trying to push themselves out there and it's just, it just screams, I want to be famous. Yeah. yeah. Whereas what you're saying there is, you know, I, I've, I've, kind of, I've come to realise What's important is what makes me happy. Absolutely. Continue doing what I'm doing with the photography, enjoying it like I did when I first started. And yet you're there being very, very consistent. Yeah. And now things start to happen. And now things start to happen. Do you know what? Another thing is as well, I can say this because things change. And whether it's the passing of Terry putting things into perspective, whether it's the fact that um, our friendship's growing, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm talking to you as as a friend now and not that photographer that I was completely in awe of. And you notice people are normal and they have everyday life. And because I know about the things you want in life on a personal level, mm. I'm like, this is all good. And there's some great people in photography. I am not ashamed to say this on the record. I fell foul of potentially being that person that could want some sort of fame or be out there. Because it's a, it's a fast moving thing. Photography, gear, equipment, media, it's all fast moving. If you're not on top of things, you'll fall by the wayside. And I fell short of trying to compete in that absolute torrent of crap 
that's out there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I want a part of this. I want to be this. And because I'm competitive, I thought that was the right thing to do. That's a howling mistake to make. Mm. Um, and the moment now I'm thinking, um, our little joke, I'm 45. You know? I'm 45. <laughs> and Anthony's been to Florida. I, yeah, yeah, Anthony's no, been to the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so now that I've, I've sort of taken a step back and I don't particularly care if you like my work or not because I love doing it. And the um, great thing is, mate, that a lot of people do love it. It's just a stroke of luck that, that people like it. Yeah. And um, it's also giving me... What gives me the will and the endeavour, shall we say, to carry on is people liking it and mm. how it makes them feel. Brilliant. Um, you know, so that's it in a nutshell, is, is the fact that I'm not ashamed to say that um, I did nearly uh, fall into that. I want to be, I want to be, I, I've got to be. I, I was, I was going to, at some point in, well, in our chat, I was going to ask you to kind of do a wrap up to say what advice would you give to folks? But I think pretty much you've kind of said it there in the last bit of, you know, to, for people to just be true to themselves. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You've said it in not such yeah. an arty way, but yeah. basically do what makes you happy. Yeah. If it doesn't, if other people don't necessarily like it, doesn't matter. What's important is that you do and eventually things will happen, but it's all about being consistent. Absolutely. If you had asked me that question, mm. Just for the record, that would have been my answer. Well, there you go. Please, people, just stop. Take a step back. Love, laugh, enjoy, and do it because you've got a bag full of equipment that costs a fortune. You could even still be paying for it now, mm. and it's crap. So if it's not making you happy, sort yourself out, sort your life out, and let it make you happy. Because right now, I'm super happy. I go over the studio. I potter around. I have nothing to prove to anyone, and my work's coming out, and it, it does so happen. Yeah. I feel myself, Glenn, that... This is my best work, my best period at the moment. And you know what? It's a shame Terry's not here to be involved and to see it because I feel now that I've been on a sort of, on a sort of level, this, this level, whatever levels are, but on this level for so long that uh, now I've taken my foot off the gas. My work is gently creeping up yeah. in, in my own mind. To my own satisfaction, I'm far more satisfied with what I see on the screen when I get home than, and than I did 18 months ago. Brilliant. So that that is exactly what I would say. Ian, there is, and I genuinely mean this. There is so much more that I'd like to talk about because some of the conversations that we have had, yeah. we've both been in stitches. Because you are yeah. a great storyteller, so I want to make sure that we get you back on this. Absolutely, I'd love to. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, obviously, I, we've spoken lots of times before now, and there are things I know about you. But what I'm what's what I'm really grateful for is the fact that the stuff you've talked about now, I didn't know about. Yeah. And it's great that other folks are going to hear it as well. So I am super happy that things are going the way they are for you. I am absolutely 100% behind you, cheering you on, mate. I think it's great. It's great to see the... And I don't say this to embarrass you, and I'm not saying it to suck up to you or anything like that. It's great to see the good people getting what's coming to them. It really is, because it's not about getting out there and shoving yourself into people's faces. You're just a good guy. You're a great friend, and you just... It's good to see you getting the recognition. Well, I, I hope you're right. And the other thing is as well is don't forget people like yourself and Dave, um, you've been the first to sort of reach down and give that hand up, that lift up. And what I want to do now is say that if people are listening to this and they're like, who's this guy? And they take a look at my work and they have any questions or anything to ask, send me a friend request, message me, get in touch or whatever. And we'll have a... We'll have, probably have a good laugh a good chat about it and uh, that's the one thing I will say is you've made photography for me and everything else um, you've been so approachable and there are people out there that will turn around at a a sort of a a more established level 
and they'll say, this guy's pretty good. He just needs a break or he needs something mm. to, to go right for him. And you did reach down and you've given me a, a hand up onto the ladder, so to speak. And even though I'm not any, anyone or anything, I would like whatever to do that the, means. Whatever that means, <laughs> I would like to do the same. We both so, know yeah. from the bodybuilding days, it's yeah. very, very much relates into the photography world. There is always somebody bigger, always somebody stronger. So whoever thinks they are this famous, amazing photographer, behind the closed door, there is somebody who is incredible, but just doesn't want all the, all the fuss and attention. The world's they big, are amazing. Absolutely. The world's a big place. Good stuff. So, mate, thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn. All right. Loved and, it. And uh, yeah, we will definitely get you back on. Nice one. Cheers, Top mate. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.